I just moved from Montana to Kansas. And you know what Dorothy said? Because soon after I got there, seemed like Kansas wasn't Kansas anymore. See, my family and I had a ranch out in Montana, and my parents had one in Kansas. My dad died suddenly of a heart attack. We left our oldest kid, who's 22, to run our Montana ranch and moved the rest of the family to Kansas. I'd been there before, of course, because we visited every Christmas and sometimes another time or two during the year. My mother moved into town, which she had been wanting to for a long time, because she really wasn't that into ranching life, so we got her a house. As soon as we got there, Carrie and the kids started setting up the house. I had to go check on the cattle, because I knew the hired hands had been taking care of them, but Dad would have wanted me to supervise. Right away, I saw that they were in the small pasture by the barn. I thought it was weird. Dad always moved the cows and the calves to the summer pasture in the late spring, after the calves were weaned. I asked the farmhands why they weren't moved, and they all just shrugged. I kind of felt like they knew something but didn't want to say. Thing is, there's no point in feeding hay to cattle in the summer when there's pasture grass for them to eat. I got the hands to help me get the cattle into the stock trailer, and we drove them out to the pasture. When we got there, I noticed Dad's electric fence wasn't working. He had a little setup with a battery hookup to a solar panel. I fixed it while the hands got the cattle from the truck. Nothing looked different about the pasture that I could see, but I wished I knew why Dad wasn't using it. By the time we were done with all that, it was getting pretty dark, so we headed back. When I went to check on the cattle the next morning, the first thing I noticed was that the fence was turned off again. I didn't know why someone would go out to the ranch in the middle of nowhere and turn off the fence. I thought it could be a prank, but a very strange one. I turned it back on and noticed that the cattle were acting strange. They huddled into a bunch near the fence. Normally, they'll kind of spread out looking for the best grass. The mothers might stay near the calves, but they don't usually get into a group like that unless they're trying to stay warm. I kept coming back to why my dad didn't use the pasture this year. I wished I could ask him. It was very weird. I just don't understand what could be out there anyway. But it happened again the next day. The fence was off and the cattle were standing in a bunch. When I went to turn on the fence again, I saw a strange pattern of tracks in the dirt. The pasture is mostly grass, but there was just a little dirt there. I don't know, it kind of looked like a lizard track, but a really big one. Kind of messed up though, so I really wasn't sure. I went back to the house and Carrie said, set up a camera. We found one in Dad's things with his tools. Somehow, I wasn't surprised and it occurred to me that I might find the same thing that he had. I really wished I could just talk to him. It was too dark to go out there again that night, so I went out in the morning. Same thing, the cattle all huddled up, but I noticed there was one acting weird when I got close, and I saw a gash in its side. This was one of the calves, just a few months old, but still pretty big. I had to call one of the farmhands to bring out the trailer so we could load it up and take him to the vet. When the vet saw it, she said, what did this? I said I didn't know. She shook her head, but I knew what it looked like. It looked like something with sharp, long teeth had done it. Something, but what? The calf was 200 pounds. Whatever attacked it was big. Right after the vet left, I drove back out. I installed my dad's camera. Carrie had already checked the footage, but if dad recorded anything on it, it had been deleted. I was relieved the next morning when I went out there, and none of the cattle were hurt. The one with the gash was doing okay. 
staying in the barn while it healed. The cattle huddled near the fence again, and I decided no matter what, we needed to move them back off the pasture. I set the hands to work doing that while I took the camera back home and hooked it up to the computer. I wanted to be able to blow up that footage so I could see better. It was slow work, watching the whole afternoon and the night of the video. I put it on fast play, though, so I could move through it a little quicker. I saw the cattle start to huddle together. The camera caught something turning off the fence. It looked like a man in the dark until it turned around. It was so close to the camera that I jumped back in my seat. The one shot gave me a full view of its face. These sharp teeth and face like a dinosaur. There wasn't any color since the camera was in night vision mode. I swear that thing grinned at me. Then the footage stopped. I had to shut off the camera. But I froze that shot and stared at that blurry face for a long time. It was a reptilian. I'm sure of it. Before I get into this, let me just say that I never had any belief in the supernatural. Like most rational people, I always look for the scientific explanation behind reports of ghosts or strange creatures. But I have never been able to explain what I experienced in this building back when I was in my 20s. My friend and I just started to start our own cleaning business near Cedar Falls, Iowa. For our first job, we were hired to clean up this old youth center, which hadn't been used in about 10 years. The new owner wanted to reopen it and bring it back to life. The place hadn't been cared for during all those years while it was closed. My friend Lou and I stocked up on some hardcore cleaning stuff, and we got right to work. It was hot as hell working in that old building, in 90-degree heat, but we were stoked that we had gotten the job. We had scrubbed every inch and corner of that place. It was musty, and it obviously had some rodents living in there at some point, so it took a lot of elbow grease to get it clean. It was going to be about a two-week job. The place had two staircases. One was located in the middle of the building, and the other one was off to the side. A few days into the second week, I was cleaning the side staircase while Lou was working in the basement area. That's where the bathrooms and the pool tables and the foosball tables were. I could hear Lou working away down in the basement. I was sweeping away on the stairs when I heard the bathroom doors in the basement slam shut very loudly like when someone is in a rage and they slam the door. I called down and asked why she was slamming doors. She came rushing up the staircase all pale-faced and said that she didn't do it. Both bathroom doors on either side of the basement had slammed simultaneously. We went down together to see what was up, but there was no explanation. There was nothing down there that could have caused a draft or anything. We just couldn't explain it. The next day, we're both upstairs working in the library area. We were cleaning the bookshelves when we heard the pool tables being used. We heard someone break the rack and heard all the balls rolling around. We thought that some kids had somehow gotten in and were messing up our clean basement. So I rushed down the center stairwell and Lou went down the side stairwell so we could come at them from two directions. Well, we got down there and just about ran into each other but we didn't see anyone else. We went to look at the pool tables, and there were no balls out. All the pool sticks were lined up just like we had left them. The basement was really starting to freak us out. I mean, if I had been in there alone, I think I would have abandoned the rest of the job. It's a good thing we both heard the same thing. The next day, we're working together in the main office. 
The lunchroom was just outside of the office, and we had turned on the stereo out there. We had it up pretty loud, and then all of a sudden, it just shuts off. Lou went out to investigate and saw that the stereo had been unplugged. We checked out the electrical socket, and it didn't seem to have any loose connection or anything like that. We plugged it back in, and it fit very tightly, and the music started back up. At this point, we really started questioning our sanity. There was no one else in the building. We started feeling distrustful of the place. I mean, every day now, there was a new weird thing. We turned the stereo off and we went back to finish our work as quickly as we could. But then we started to hear the noise coming up from the basement. We went and stood at the top of the staircase and could hear that it was children's voices. We knew no one was down there, and this time we didn't even bother to go check. It mostly sounded like laughing, but there was some weird whispering mixed in. Then there was this high-pitched maniacal laugh that sent us running back to the office for safety. We sat and listened, but everything had gotten really quiet. But we decided to leave early that day. We didn't want to go back and finish out the week, but we also didn't want to get a bad review on our very first job. We had to get the mopping done and pack out all of our stuff. We were feeling really edgy by then. Every little noise made us jump. Up until that point, the energy in the place hadn't really felt evil or anything like that. But that day, something in the air seemed to change. You could feel like this really heavy pressure in the air. We had managed to get everything mopped and our supplies loaded in the car. We went back in to turn off the fans and the lights. Lou had gone to switch off the basement lights, and I heard her scream down there. I ran down and the damp floor was covered in dirty footprints. Dirty barefoot prints, like a bunch of kids had run all around in the basement. We just ran out of there and drove away so relieved that we didn't have to go back. I've never believed in ghosts, and I've never even actually seen one. But that place really ended up creeping me out. I tried to find out if there was some history of a tragedy or something, but I couldn't find anything. Except, there does seem to be a lot of native burial grounds in that area. But who knows? Hey Donovan, I recently visited my childhood home to help my siblings clean it out. As our mother finally passed, I was struck with this sudden memory. We grew up in a rural area with a large field behind our house. It had since been purchased by developers. But back when I was 10 or so, it was used to grow alfalfa. Our parents always told us to be careful out in the field, as there were occasional hunters or loose dogs running around. However, we used to play out there a lot, and one of the most thrilling and terrifying things as a kid was finding deer hunting stands in the woods around the edge of the field. I'm assuming the farmer must have owned the surrounding woodlands and leased the property out for hunting. My two older brothers and I didn't go into the woods often. I think part of it was we were scared, especially with the hunters around. Our family wasn't familiar with guns, so we had an aversion to them. The woods were also just very dark, even during the day. They grew thick and the trees blocked out a lot of the light. One day, for whatever reason, when I was about 10, my brothers and I decided to go for an adventure in the woods. Some teenagers up the street had been driving ATVs on the property illegally, and their misadventures left great walking trails. These trails were wide and cleared of big logs or rocks, so they were attractive adventure for kids our age. 
This was during the summer, and it was probably around noon or so when we decided to just take off on one of the trails. If you stood at the top of our property facing the field, we went into the woods on the far left side. We had found abandoned hunting blinds there before, but the trail was far away from them, so we felt comfortable. What we didn't expect was to find any kind of dwelling in the woods. Like I said, the trees were thick. I never imagined a house would be in there. But about a 10-minute walk in, we found a little house. This had to be a good mile back from the road that our house was on. The house was in pretty bad condition, with the roof mostly caved in and the siding obviously rotting. We all stopped on a little rise of boulders and quietly tried to figure out what to do. Should we go down and check it out, or just head home? Our mom definitely wouldn't have been happy knowing that we had explored a house that was literally falling in on itself, but it was just too tempting. We made our way down the trail, which was now just a game trail, like what deer and rabbits walk, and came up close to the house. It still looked rough, but surprisingly solid. My brothers and I were trying to figure out how it got there and who had lived there, There is an area nearby full of saplings, no wider than an inch or two, so we assumed that that had been some sort of a driveway to reach the house at some point. We started looking around and my middle brother went into the house despite our warnings. The front door was hanging off, so my brother and I just peeked through to see what it was like inside. The floor was also caved in, but there was no basement. A few shattered plates and cups with old paisley designs were laying around. The creepy part was, there were still some items in the house for day-to-day living. My middle brother inside the house walked to what looked like a closet, and he opened it up. There was a toilet and a very small sink inside, both obviously unused for a long time. There was one other door that, judging from the layout of the house, must have been another room. He opened it, and then he stepped back immediately. He called us over, but we were both even more reluctant now to go in. After a few minutes of him telling us it's just another door, we walked carefully into the room to where he was. What we were looking at was definitely not just another room. On the floor of the room was a giant metal hatch, like what you would see on a ship or a submarine. It even had a wheel handle and several big bolts bigger than an adult's fist. Surprisingly, this thing was in pretty good shape. Most of the roof over this room was intact. The metal was a worn gray-green color and pitted. It wasn't rusted, but it didn't look like it had been opened in a very long time. My middle brother kept messing around trying to turn the wheel, but my older brother and I were so freaked out that we ended up pulling him out of the house and running back up the trail. We went home and only talked about it a few times over the next day or two. It never came up again, and I'd totally forgotten about it, until we went to clear out our childhood home. I asked my older brother, the middle brother now lives in Florida, if he remembered this. His face briefly went pale and he confirmed that he did. I have no idea what happened to that house or that hatch in the floor. Now there's a big development of condos there. But to this day, I don't think it was a bunker or anything. It was way too sophisticated for the little house. And I'm mostly convinced that it was where the government decided to hide an underground facility for something. I guess we'll never know. 